Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and I am back here again for a Monday morning episode. Chris is not with us this morning, unfortunately, but I am here to give you a wrap-up of the weekend news. So let's jump in here. But before we get into anything else, let's start out with the weather headed into this week. Uh, Here's your weather for today. In Los Angeles, California, it'll be clear today with a high of 84 degrees. In Houston, Texas, expect some rain today with a high of 89. In Chicago, Illinois, there could be some possible rain coming through, 30% chance as of the time of recording, with a high of 88 degrees. And in New York City today, it'll be mostly clear with a high of 85 degrees. So, you know... Uh, you know, that's kind of interesting. Just thinking about that. We have clear rain, rain, mostly clear. We have a bit of a sandwich. Terrible joke. I know that's not even a joke. I don't even know. <laughs> See, this is what people that know me deal with on a daily basis. It's just like my weird, uh, analyzations of the most random proportions and of the most random things, you know, just, I, I come up with the most random theories and ideas and it's, it, it's crazy, but you know what? It's a fun time for me. So eh, whatever, <laughs> but no, we are back for another episode here. It is Monday and it's crazy because we are getting so close to September. We're only a few days away. Uh, let's see. It's the 29th today. So um, we're what? Three days away. Yeah. I had to do a little quick math there. You ever have to do uh, that just little song in your head to figure out how many days are in each month. It's really bad. And I, I always know I'm like, there is this many days in this month and I'm always correct, but I always do the song like just to be sure. Cause I know if I don't, the one time I don't, I'm going to screw it up because my brain moves too quickly sometimes. And so, you know, at least I don't completely say the wrong number of days. At least I'm not like, Oh, there are 32 days. That would be really bad. That'd be really, really bad. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. We have a quite random morning today, but no, we are we are almost in September here, and that means fall's coming, and I'm about ready for it, to be honest with all of you, because I'm about ready for it to cool down a little bit here. I don't want winter, per se. Now, that's a little too cold for my taste, usually, although wood stoves are nice in the winter, so I, I do appreciate that, but at the same time, I just want it to be a little cooler than what it is now. You know, today over here where I'm at, it's going to be 88 degrees, 88, 90 degrees. Tomorrow, it's going to be over 90, and I'm just, I'm so done with it. I'm so done with it. Of course, a couple of days later, I think it was Thursday, I was just checking the weather report uh, before I hit record here, but I can't quite remember if it was Thursday or Friday. It's going to be like 70 degrees as the high, um, which, I mean, I'll take after all this heat, after all of this just constant heat and humidity. I will take a high of 70 degrees. I cannot complain about that one little bit. <laughs> so hopefully that decides to stick around. Of course, in the days following that, it gets back up into the 80s. But hopefully it'll be cool enough and relaxing enough. But my fall semester starts here soon. It's crazy to think about. And of course, I just finished summer, so I didn't really have too much of a break. But I'm glad of the way I did things at the end of the day, uh, but not much of a break before the fall semester kicks in here, and it's definitely going to be one heck of a semester. Very busy. Lots of numbers, lots of math. 
uh, lots of finance classes and math classes. So it, it'll be interesting, no doubt. But you guys didn't come here to hear me ramble about uh, my fall plans and my school uh, s- schedule. I couldn't think of the word for a second, you guys. But let's jump into the news here. We definitely have some things to talk about. And we start off with some more information surrounding the student loan debt relief we talked about on Friday. Now, the Department of Education released some more information, like I just said, about this student debt relief. But first, let's just go over some of the information again that we talked about on Friday morning. The main thing to remember about the relief plan is who qualifies for this relief. For this plan, anyone making less than $125,000 per year will be eligible to receive federal student loan debt forgiveness. Those that fall under this category who have received a Pell Grant will qualify for up to $20,000 in relief on their federal student loans. And those that have not gotten a Pell Grant but still fall under that $125,000 limit will receive up to $10,000 in relief. One thing that I failed to mention on Friday's show is that this relief will also go to married couples or heads of households making less than $250,000 per year. And just to be clear, the up to part of that relief amount means that you will get that amount you qualify for unless your remaining debt balance is less than that threshold. So for example, if you qualify for $10,000 in relief, but you only have $8,000 left on your debt balance, you will receive that $8,000, not the $10,000. Now, the Department of Education says that 8 million borrowers will likely be eligible for relief immediately due to the department already having their information on file. Otherwise, to sign up for this relief, the department is creating a simple application that you will be able to fill out starting hopefully in early October. The Department of Education suggests that everyone seeking relief fills out the application, whether you may be immediately eligible or not. They also said that you should receive your relief between four to six weeks after you file your application. They also recommend that those seeking this relief apply by November 15th so that they can get that relief to you before the student loan debt pause comes to an end on December 31st. However, the department will continue to process applications even after that December 31st deadline. Now, on the newly proposed income-driven repayment plan, we told you on Friday that the new rule would lessen the amount paid in discretionary income from 10% to 5%. Beyond that, though, no one making less than 225% of the poverty level would have to make a monthly payment. Beyond that, though, those that have a debt balance of $12,000 or less would only be obligated to pay that loan for 10 years rather than the current 20-year period. Finally, under this new rule, the federal government would cover the cost of unpaid monthly interest for those on this income-based plan as long as they made the base monthly payment, and this is to keep their balance from growing. 
More information on this entire debt relief plan is expected to come out in the following weeks, so we will keep you up to date with all of that. Now, as I had mentioned on Friday, there was a court battle ongoing to unseal the affidavit used to justify the raid on former President Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago, which that raid took place on August 8th. On Friday, that affidavit was unsealed, although it was heavily redacted. During the battle in court, the Department of Justice had argued that releasing the affidavit would put the investigation into the former president into jeopardy, as well as reveal highly confidential information. That led U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt to authorizing a heavily redacted version of the affidavit. Of the more than 30 pages released on Friday, 21 were either completely or significantly blacked out. Within the affidavit, it noted that the boxes found by the FBI were kept in an unsecure and unauthorized location and contained many documents that should have been returned to the White House when the former president left office. In the affidavit, it was noted that in the 15 boxes taken, the FBI found 184 documents labeled as classified, 67 of those were labeled confidential, 92 were labeled as secret, and 25 were labeled as top secret. It is also worth mentioning that several of the documents found included information on U.S. national security. A federal judge has also illustrated her intent to appoint a special master to review the documents taken. A hearing towards making this decision will take place next week. On Friday, Fed Chair Jerome Powell gave remarks discussing the current state of the U.S. economy. Within these remarks, Powell noted the slowdown taking place in the economy compared to some of the improvements made during the year of 2021. He stated that the labor market was starting to slow down, but continued to be a strength at this point in time. However, he also noted that the labor market was severely out of balance, with many more job openings than the supply of available workers. With that, Powell noted that we should expect the trend of high interest rates, low economic growth, and softer labor market conditions to continue, though for how long still remains unknown. The Fed chair stated that the overarching goal is to restore the nation's inflation rate back to 2%, and enduring these conditions is one of the best ways to make that happen. With this, he stated that the nation will likely have to endure some pain to return the economy to a thriving state. In terms of interest rates, Powell said that another increase could be coming in September when the Fed meets again. He hoped, though, that these increases will be able to come to an end soon. Also, on the topic of inflation, he noted that July's improvement on inflation should not be taken as a sign of things getting better, as one month is not enough time to determine a trend, but that it should be taken as a hopeful sign for the possibilities that could come soon or somewhere down the line. With the August jobs report being released this Friday, we will get a chance to see how the labor market has fared in the past month, and we will also get a look at the August inflation numbers on September 13th. 
Now it's time to get into a bit of a different segment here for a few minutes. And, you know, if you've been listening to our past few episodes as we've been making our comeback here, you'll know that there's a new show uh, coming to our entire lineup here starting next Tuesday. And that is the new sports show that I'll be hosting. And that'll be coming out every Tuesday where I'll just talk about all the biggest news and stuff, all the biggest uh, headlines, and also just get into what I think about the different leagues going on, the different sports going on. We'll get into baseball. We'll get into football. We'll get into basketball and hockey when those leagues start up. Uh, and much, much more. And, you know, maybe we'll have Chris on for a few episodes uh, just to see how much he really gets into the sports world. Maybe we'll do some trivia for him, but we're going to have a good time. Uh, It's definitely going to be a fun time. So if you are interested in sports of any kind, make sure to join me every Tuesday morning. Uh, That will be coming out starting, like I said, next week. But For now, let's just talk a little bit about sports while we have some time here on this Monday morning episode. So some big news actually coming in the tennis world. Uh, Two big stories right now, actually, as Serena Williams is coming to the end of her professional tennis career. uh, She is taking part in her final tournament, her final professional tournament, as she is set to retire after this U.S. Open that's starting today, actually. And she's actually scheduled to play her first singles match today against Danka Kovinich. And, you know, it's just crazy to say. I've never been a huge tennis fan, or I've, I've never really gone into the sport at any level, right? But you know Serena Williams' name. Like, that's a name that is kind of synonymous across, like, the sports world, you know? It's just one of those names that you hear whether you follow the sport or not. You just kind of hear... And I feel like even people that aren't into sports know who she is or have heard her name before, right? Like, she's such a big name uh, in the world itself. And it's like hearing the name Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi, you know, you don't have to be a soccer fan to have had uh, to have heard those names before. So to just see her retiring and so soon, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And it feels like it came out of nowhere. We've known for a little while now that this was going to be happening, but it's just still kind of crazy. But she's going out in style for sure, uh, taking part in another U.S. Open. And the big story here as well is that she is going to be taking part in the doubles tournament alongside her sister, Phoenix. Now, this is cool. And this definitely isn't the first time that the two have teamed up. They've teamed up many, many times over the years. And they started out by teaming up in 1999. And they've taken part in several Grand Slam tournaments since then. And what a record they have, too. I was looking at all this up. I was looking into it. And they are 14-0 and when competing alongside each other in doubles tournaments. That is absolutely insane. That is so impressive. And just, like, not only is, like, Serena Williams a, a just absolute star and an absolute just known name around the world, right? But to have that kind of record alongside your sister is just one of the coolest stories 
I feel like in the sports world, uh, whether you follow tennis or not, that is so, so, so amazing. You know, that's like one of those rare times when, say, like in baseball, when a father and son take the field together. That's happened a couple times. You know, Ken Griffey Sr. playing alongside Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, just such a cool story. And, you know, the fact that they're going for it again, they received a wild card to play in the doubles tournament together. That That's just amazing. It's so cool. What a way to just finish out your professional career. And you got to hope that it goes well for them. Imagine they win it. Imagine that they win the doubles tournament to finish out uh, Williams's career here. That's just absolutely unbelievable. And I know I'll be rooting for them. I probably won't be watching it, I'll admit, because I just have such a hard time getting into tennis. Although, who knows? If I can find a way to catch uh, a couple sets, I might tune in as well. Not sure yet. But the other major story in the tennis world right now with this U.S. Open is that Novak Djokovic had to withdraw from the tournament. Uh, he is not taking part in the U.S. Open this year and is because of the fact that he's unvaccinated against COVID-19. So he was unable to get a visa to, to enter the country. And, you know, this is one of those things that's been kind of just going all around the internet uh, people definitely had their opinions on it I won't go any further than that into it um, but it is definitely kind of a controversial thing to say the least and this isn't the first time he's dealt with this either if uh, you follow sports at all you probably will have seen or even if you watch like just major news stories in general you probably will have seen that he uh, couldn't take part in the Australia Open either he initially received a uh, medical exemption or a medical exception to take part in the tournament, but then an entire court battle ensued and his visa was stripped and he was deported from Australia. So it was, it was definitely a mess of a situation there. And once again, he will not be able to take part, uh, in the, in the tournament. But, uh, those are the two major stories going on right now. Those aren't the only stories going around right now. The Buffalo Bills just released uh, one of their rookies, Matt Ariza. Ariza, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, for rape allegations uh, from a few years back. So he just got released. So that's been going around in the news headlines as well. So a few major stories, uh, some good, some on the darker side for sure, but definitely some sports news going on right now it, it never gets quiet in the sports world you know you wouldn't really know that because we, we don't really report on new on uh, sports news all that much up until now but uh it gets pretty loud it gets pretty uh full of buzz i promise to never say that again <laughs> in the sports world but um I was talking yesterday, you know, if you caught the week ahead episode from yesterday while I was recording, the Eagles were playing their last preseason game before the regular season kicks off and it did not end well, you guys. When I was recording, it was 0 to 17 and then we started to come back. Last I looked, it was 10 to 17. If I read the notification correctly, to be honest, I just kind of glanced at it. Um as it kind of went by, but next I looked, the game was over and we had lost a 10 to 48. So a very ugly way to end the preseason. Uh, and th this has been the Eagles Achilles heel. I'll take a minute to talk about this here for a second. Ever since our, um, 
ever since our Super Bowl victory in what, 2017, if I remember correctly, I better be remembering that correctly. It's our only Super Bowl title to this point. <laughs> and if I forgot about what year it happened, I will be sad. Uh, but ever since then, we have had an absolutely defensive nightmare of an issue. We have not been able to defend at all uh, ever since that season. We've been able to score. Our offense typically isn't an issue during the season. We typically score uh, either over or very close to 20 points a game. But the problem is we give up so many points. Our defense gives up so many points. And so it has just been uh, a tough time there overall and I'm looking at some scores here and as I'm recording this we have a game going on in the fourth quarter between the Lions and the Steelers uh, that is 319 in favor of the Steelers what other games do we have going on here there's the Giants versus Jets that's going on actually that's over now where's the score for that let's take a look here I see the highlights Ah, here it is. We have the Giants versus the Jets game. The final for that was 27-31 to 31 in favor of the Jets. That's impressive. That's quite a scoreline right there. Uh, the Jets 3-0 and in this preseason. Not bad. Some, some surprising uh, stat lines in terms of win losses for this preseason. I have to say... You have, like, the Commanders are 0-3. Uh, they finished out. You had the Buccaneers not doing very well either. The Buccaneers definitely suffered during this preseason. But, I mean, I'm sorry. But if I if sports have taught me anything, it's that preseason doesn't matter. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. You can have a team, take baseball for example, you you can have a team that loses almost every game in preseason and all of a sudden something just clicks. Something just clicks and they turn it on and they have one of the best seasons of their lives. Like You would never ever expect uh, some of the transformations that happen between preseason and the regular season. So, you know, for me as an Eagles fan, I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that maybe we can find some sort of stride in the regular season Start defending a little bit because score lines like 10 to 48, that, that's not going to be very good as the season goes on. Uh, we finished out one and two, but like, you know, the Jets doing as well as they are right now, uh, as well as they did here in preseason. Let's see if I can find the Buccaneers. The Patriots went one and two as I'm looking at this. The Jaguars, oh, and four. That's definitely a tough uh, pill to swallow, even if it is preseason. You want to do well in preseason, you know? It's one of those things where y- you don't expect to be at full strength, right? You-, you don't expect to be at full strength, but you do want to do well. You really do. Well, at the moment, I can't quite find the result of the uh, Buccaneers preseason but last I looked, if I remember correctly, it was 0-3. So definitely a, a very interesting uh, stat line there for them. But that is the end of the sports section uh, for now. Again, we will get started next week on Tuesday, uh, the first Tuesday in September. And we will jump right into all the sports news next week week. So again, join me for that. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time. We'll look at uh, all the leagues going on right now. We have the start 
of NCAA this week. So it's going to be fun. I promise you. It's going to be fun. Don't miss out. Come join me. Come join me there. But now getting into rapid news. Moderna is suing Pfizer and German company BioNTech for their technology used to create their COVID-19 vaccine, with Moderna saying that the two companies copied their technology, which is covered under patents filed years ago. More on that will be out on Medium this week. And also, a new report projects that the cost to raise children in the United States has increased greatly. More information in Friday's show about that. But now getting into good news today, and we have a short story, but it's a very touching story as a charity donated a wheelchair to a two-year-old Joey who has quadriplegic uh, cerebral palsy, and this wheelchair allowed the family to go enjoy the sea and the beach for the first time. Now, Joey, like I said, has quadriplegic cerebral palsy, and so it affects both of his arms and both of his legs as well as his torso and his face. Uh, he can't sit unaided, uh, and he has a hard time with things like carpet, grass, sand, but he loves the water, absolutely loves the water, and a charity was able to donate a big wheeled wheelchair uh, to Joey and his family so that they could bring him to the beach and let him experience the sea for the first time. He absolutely loves water. His mom said you can put him in the bath and he's just in heaven. You know, it's like it was where he was meant to be. Um, and, you know, this is one of those moments for the family where uh, seeing him have so much fun and laugh so much in the water uh, just made his family so happy. His mom said that she was in tears when she saw it. So just an absolutely touching story. It all came from a generous donation uh, from this charity that they got the wheelchair from. And, you know, this is a family that seems very determined to see uh, their child succeed because, Doctors told them that Joey may never be able to walk on his own, but the family said that they are determined to make it happen, uh, doing whatever they can to get him there. So you just have to love these types of touching stories. Again, it's short, but it, it, it's so impactful just seeing how happy um, little Joey could be uh, with, you know, honestly, quite the struggle with that cerebral palsy. Uh you know, I've known people myself that have it. It's it's a challenge, but when you have the resources like that, when you have the support like that, um, you know, you never know where you can go. You can never know what you can accomplish. And I hope, I hope, I hope that he is able to walk on his own eventually. What an amazing story that would be. But that is the end of this Monday morning episode, you guys. We'll be back here on Wednesday for another Idiots in the News. But again, keep an eye on our Medium. Uh, we will be posting at least one article there this week with the Moderna vaccine lawsuit. Uh, and we will be back here, like I said, on Wednesday for an Idiots in the News. And then on Friday for a wrap-up of the Newsweek but that is it from me, you guys. Follow us on Twitter, link in the show notes. Share us around if you haven't already. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. See you later.